0: You're listening to Curious City, where we answer your questions about Chicago, the region, its people, and its ghosts. Yep,
1: today we're telling ghost stories. Or stories about ghost stories, which means no belief in actual ghosts is required. Just, you know, strongly suggested. Don't go far.
2: on the latest episode of Pleasure Town.
1: Out one side, we see the
0: lights of town. Out the other side, we see a wide stretch of grass dotted with deer. Deer led by a tall stag with antlers like a winter tree. Deer almost shiny in the moonlight.
2: Almost. Listen in and join the story now at wbez.org slash
3: pleasuretown. The ch- what is going to be? When?
1: We're Where? Going do I- Why is it? Many- what is the? What?
0: <laughs> Welcome back to Curious City. I'm reporter Katie Clarkson,
1: and I'm multimedia producer Logan Jaffe. Today, we take on two questions about Chicago's paranormal. Now, for the disbelievers out there, hold back with your eye rolling. This isn't the radio version of ghost hunters,
0: right? Before we even get to our ghostly questions, we're going to start with this one. What's the value of a ghost story besides entertainment? For this, we talked to
1: folklorist Sue Eliterio. There is an aspect of being afraid that's fun. There's something thrilling about being afraid, especially if it feels controlled. We still have that need. We have all those needs to be afraid. We have those needs to be reassured. We have those needs to be warned and protected.
0: Now, onto to our questions. I'll take the first one. It's about a quality ghost story, one with lots of first-person accounts.
1: Then, I'll answer a question about Ghost Quantity, a site that's supposedly haunted by hundreds of ghosts.
0: Our tour guide for this investigation is a tour guide. Adam Seltzer has been giving ghost tours for about 10 years. Seltzer says he first got interested in ghosts by watching Scooby-Doo as a kid. Then he read some ghost lore in college, and he realized something.
2: I found that a lot of the stories hadn't ever really been properly researched very well. If you're interested in ghosts, you deserve better. You deserve good information. You deserve uh, proper backstories.
1: Now, Seltzer researches these backstories. He looks at things like newspaper archives and property records to see if the facts agree with the legends. So
0: does our ghost tour guide believe in ghosts?
2: I've been from one side of the city to the other, and I've seen some strange stuff, but not necessarily anything that I would swear in front of a panel of scientists was really a dead person. But certainly some things that I can't explain.
0: Now, our first question. For that, Adam Seltzer and I meet in Justice, Illinois, a southwest suburb. It's the home of Resurrection Cemetery, the namesake of our first ghost. This is where I introduce Seltzer to the guy who asked our question, Chicagoan Ben Albert. Hey,
2: Adam. Hey, Ben, how you doing? Nice to meet you. My question is, since I've always been fascinated with ghosts, but which is the most legitimate ghost story in Chicago?
0: Ben says he's heard Chicago is one of the most haunted cities, He's even done some research of his own into local ghost stories. But, he says...
2: Not a lot of it has evidence to back it up.
0: You seem to make a point of saying evidence. Like, why is that?
2: Just because anyone can make up a ghost story. You need the evidence to back it up in order for it to be legitimate. Well, evidence for me is primarily first-hand accounts, actual stories of somebody seeing the ghost. Uh, In Chicago, we've actually got a few dozen first-hand accounts of Resurrection Mary the Vanishing Hitchhiker, going back to the early 1930s. So a few dozen is a lot more than we've got of everything else, really.
0: Seltzer says Resurrection Mary sightings began in the 1930s and usually look like this. First, someone will be driving near Resurrection Cemetery, where we are now. Then they'll see a girl.
2: Usually they see a girl sitting by the side of the road crying. They offer her a ride home and then she disappears outside of Resurrection Cemetery. They just look over the passenger seat and find that she's gone.
0: In his research, Seltzer found an account of a Resurrection Mary sighting from the undertaker who prepared Mary Brigovi's body. This Mary, Mary Brigovi, is one of the actual people ghost experts think could be the ghosts in the Resurrection Mary stories. Here's Seltzer on what The I'm Undertaker said. A friend said. of a
2: friend of his. I think it was literally a friend of a friend of his son uh, was giving her a girl a ride home from a ballroom and when they came up to the cemetery, she screamed and then just disappeared.
0: By now, the Resurrection Mary story is well-known. It's been on TV, it's in books. So Seltzer is skeptical when he hears about a new Resurrection Mary sighting.
2: You know, the ones I like is when I can dig something up out of like a 1930s newspaper talking about it.
0: Again, Seltzer considers first-hand ghost sightings the best evidence. And with so many sightings over so much time, he says that goes a long way to making the Resurrection Mary story the most legit ghost story in Chicago. Well, Ben got us started looking for a legitimate ghost story based on evidence. How does he take Adam Seltzer's answer?
2: This is definitely the most convincing and legitimate ghost story I've heard in Chicago. All right, what else you got?
1: Well, that would be our next Curious City ghost question. Logan, you want to take it from here? Yep. And Katie, we're going to need a bit of Adam Seltzer ghost expertise to answer this question, too.
3: My name is Paul Vaccarello, and my question is, what is the most haunted place in Chicago?
1: And he asks us this because...
3: My goal is to see a ghost. Experience something supernatural, you know, like see something that I can't explain.
1: But here's the thing. Paul doesn't actually believe in ghosts. But
3: I want to believe in them. Like the X-Files, I want to believe, you know?
1: (laughs) Well, I can't exactly promise Agent Paul a ghost encounter, but I can promise him an investigation into Chicago's ghostly past. And hopefully an answer to his question about the city's most haunted spot. But there's one question we need to answer first. How do you quantify the most haunted? Our ghost expert Adam Seltzer says, just count.
2: One way we can do the most haunted place is just the sheer number of people who would have died in the space.
1: He takes Paul, our question asker, and meets that very spot one night. It's an alley off Randolph Street downtown. But this isn't just any alley. It's got a name.
2: Right now we are in an alley that the Chicago Tribune once called the Alley of Death and Mutilation. Roughly twice as many people as are known to have died in the Great Chicago Fire, died in like a 15-minute blaze in this building, many of them out here in this alley.
3: Oh, that's creepy.
1: To understand what happened here, and why Adam Seltzer claims this alley is the most haunted spot in Chicago, we have to go back to 1903, to a theater called the Iroquois. It stood here, right where the Oriental Theater is now.
2: All the playbills had been advertising the Iroquois Theater, absolutely fireproof. (laughs) And the hell of it is, the building was pretty much fireproof. It was just all the things they had put inside of it that were not
1: The interior decorations, lots of wood. Scenery, canvas. 1,600 seats, stuffed with hemp. And the fire curtain?
2: They were using a blend of asbestos, cotton, and wood pulp.
1: To make this all the more tragic, on the day of the fire... it's
2: mostly women and children who were there that night, moms and their kids.
1: And of course, this was also the day...
2: All of the fire exits were locked.
1: So picture this. It's the top of the second act of a matinee show called Mr. Bluebeard. The band is playing the song Let Us Swear It by The Pale Moonlight. And it's epic. In a 1903 kind of way. There's
2: an aerial ballet going on, eight people dancing up on stage. There's a cast of about 300.
1: Then you notice flames on the drapes. The star of the show breaks character and says, don't panic.
2: So you panic. You rush up to a fire exit, but it's locked. And now you are trapped. The people behind you crash into you. The people behind them crash into them. The people behind them crash into them.
1: Meanwhile, some cast members open the gigantic double-freight doors from backstage. The winter air rushes in.
2: That created a backdraft which caught on the flames on stage and turned him into what people later described as a balloon of fire.
1: A massive fireball shoots into the auditorium. Hundreds of people burn to death. Even more are crushed. Some people make it to the fire escape, but... When a
2: whole stampede of people came out to these uh, fire escapes, most of them ended up getting shoved over the rails and dropping down to here. Eventually, by one account, the pile of bodies was about six feet high. Right here? Right where we're standing right now. Oh. Wow.
1: After the fire, bodies lined this alley. Grave robbers stole wallets, watches, rings, some with fingers still attached. Total body count was about 600.
2: How many people do you suppose went to jail for cutting all the corners that made the fire so deadly? I'm going to guess zero. That would be none. (laughs) So what we're dealing with here is about 600 unavenged deaths. And that's like a breeding ground for ghost stories.
1: Seltzer says this alley fits nearly all ghost story criteria. One, death by traumatic head or spine injury. Two, the dead never got justice. And three, people forget these deaths ever happened.
2: Ghost hunters don't really agree on much, but one thing that I see almost everybody seems to agree about is when there's some kind of a lack of commemoration, there do tend to be more ghost sightings there.
1: But what really makes this alley behind the former Iroquois theater the most haunted spot comes down to numbers.
2: So many more people have died here than most other places, you know, 601 day. It seems like there ought to be some ghosts.
1: Just days after the fire, people reported seeing shadowy figures hover over the stacks of charred bodies— Now, well over 100 years later, ghost tour goers report similar sightings. On Seltzer's tours, people photograph odd shadows. Even he wonders if he's seen a silhouette of a woman in a tutu, thought to be trapeze artist Nellie Reed. But tonight, the alley's quiet, even for ghosts. So, uh, Paul, what's your take so far on discovering this most haunted place in in Chicago?
3: Well, it's definitely a cool story. You know, when you think of a ghost story, you don't really think of the actual events that occurred to cause this ghost story to happen. You just think of like, oh, there's ghosts here, cool. But actually, yeah, hearing all of these facts, it makes it a lot more real.
1: Ghosts are no ghosts. The Iroquois Theater Fire is the deadliest single-building fire in Chicago history and among the deadliest in the whole country. And Paul, had you heard of this before?
3: I had never heard of it, no. I had no idea that it happened. That's crazy.
1: <laughs> I mean, shouldn't we know about these things...
2: I would think that we should, yeah. Sometimes it's the ghost stories that's all that's really keeping these stories alive.
1: What do you mean by that?
2: Like, the Iroquois theater story has almost disappeared from the public imagination, from, a, from Chicago's consciousness. You know, there's not a sign about it out here anywhere. But every night I come out here and tell people the story through uh, telling them ghost stories about it. Sometimes ghost stories help keep things alive.
1: So, in a way, you don't need to believe in ghosts to believe in ghost stories.
0: Because sometimes they can reveal tragic history stories. Right. And that's even creepier, I guess. And if you're into that kind of thing, we've got way more real-life creepy
1: info about Resurrection Mary and the Iroquois Theater Fire online. You can also hear a gorgeous version of Let Us Swear It by the Pale Moonlight performed by Andrew Edwards. That's at wbez.org slash Curious City. Reporting comes from me, Katie Cloxon. And me, Logan Jaffe. Curious City is produced by Jennifer Brandel, WBEZ, and AIR, with support from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting and the Doris and Howard Conant Fund for Journalism.
0: WBEZ's Curious City podcast is supported by the Chicago Council on Global Affairs, hosting 150 public events each year that go behind the headlines. Hear directly from world leaders, policymakers, and international experts, and meet other curious Chicagoans. Learn more about upcoming events and membership at thechicagocouncil.org.
2: I'm old-fashioned. I like my beer cold, my TV loud, and my ghosts obvious.
3: I am afraid of no ghost.
1: And just to clarify, the alley of death and mutilation is the alley that we are in right now.
2: Right. Cool.
0: Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Meantime, it was chaos today at the Chicago City Council. A Chicago cop with a controversial past is running for judge. Other times you're looking for a deeper understanding of what's going on in the city. Wow, that's so, no one has asked me that question. The Rundown Podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based so you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts or at wbez.org slash rundown.